Welcome back to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. We have a very special bonus episode today. Uh, again, this is not episode number 33. So this is a bonus episode that we are doing. And we have a new friend and new member of the all new, all different nation on the line today. Nick, Nick, welcome on. Uh, so glad to have you here to talk about this book today. How the hell are you? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm doing good. I'm glad you're having me on as a, a little co-host for this bonus episode, and I'm glad we're doing um, the comic that we're doing today. Yeah, this should be a lot of fun. Of course, today we're going to be talking about Image Comics' new number one, The Cull. Uh, and like I said, this is a bonus episode. Uh, we haven't done a lot of bonus episodes on the show, some creator spotlights, and then, uh, of course, whenever uh, The Last of Us was coming out, did a bonus episode on that uh, Dark Horse comic. But this is a new thing that we're we're going to be doing here on the show, just to pump out some extra content, some extra material. So we'll definitely be focused on the book, not really the comic book news and what's new in shops and stuff like that this week. So just pretty much straight to the point. And, and that's what Nick is on here for. So again, thank you so much for joining me, Nick. I'm really excited to have you on. Let's go ahead and get into this book. Um, I, I, like I said, this is Image Comics. This is... Um, Kelly Thompson, the, the writer of the book. And we have Mattia. And look, I'm horrible with names. Nick, I don't know if you're any better than me or not. I, I should have asked off air, but I'm going to go with Mattia D. Alois. That's that's what I'll... I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'll go with. Uh, I want to talk about these creators for just a second. We have Kelly Thompson. So if anybody's unfamiliar with Kelly Thompson... Super sorry you're unfamiliar with Kelly Thompson. She's an amazing, amazing creator. Of course, really big on Captain Marvel. Uh, she had a huge, like, 50-issue run that just ended uh, back in June. So she's been huge on that. Jim and the Holograms from uh, IDW back in, I want to say, like, 2016, somewhere like that. Amazing, amazing run on Jim and the Holograms. Really awesome stuff. Of course, she's worked on Amazing Spider-Man. She's done the uh, It's Jeff, the Landshark uh, comic book, uh, digital. She's worked on Hawkeye, Black Widow, Deadpool, West Coast Avengers, Uncanny X-Men, and, and, and so many more things. Uh, Jessica Jones' Blind Spot is also uh, pretty near and dear to me, so I don't know if you read that volume of Jessica Jones, which is a really, really cool run. I actually have not read that. No. Okay, well, that's what the the artist also worked on that book, because if you kind of dig like a little deep on the Internet and then try to find out more about uh, Mattia there, there's not a whole lot, which is insane, because at, at least for me, you know, spoilers for what's ahead. This artist is <laughs> pretty outrageous. Some, some really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Thompson's also going to be if it hasn't come out, I don't think it's come out. Birds of Prey, I think. It yes. Was. Yeah, yes. yeah, Birds of Prey, and then what? Uh, Black Cloak, pretty recently, also. I think that's right. still ongoing, but yeah, that's another. I believe image. I don't know. We covered it on the podcast, but now I can't remember the publisher. But uh, yeah, Kelly Thompson, just standout, standout writer. Really, really knows what she's doing. And and like I said, Mattia doesn't have a whole lot of credit to his name right now. Um, I assume that that will change once you know, publishers and other writers and stuff uh, see this book and then want to start right. hiring him. But yeah, definitely did the full run of Jessica Jones' Blind Spot, did some King in Black, Return of the Valkyries, uh, Mighty Valkyries, Invisible Woman, 
And then uh, just a lot of stuff on like variant covers and, and cover artists as well, which makes a lot of sense once you look at the, the regular A cover for this book. Uh, it's pretty outstanding to, you know, walk into a local comic book shop and see that on the, on the new Yeah, it, it, it's just uh, the main character, I assume it's the main character just staring at you in the face with these yeah. big purple eyes. Hair. It kind of almost reminds me of like she kind of looks like an X Men character to me, like on the front. It kind of looks like yeah, a, she kind of does mixed with some someone else. Uh, but yeah, that cover is definitely eye popping and will definitely catch your attention when you walk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I get what you're saying. I didn't really think about that at first, but it does almost look like it's got some like I don't know a supernatural element or something to it. it doesn't uh, I mean? Of course, she's she is where she is, so that makes a little right. sense. But yeah. I could totally see that as being like a, a mutant on the X-Men squad or something. Um, but really, really cool character design. Very photorealistic, you know, to describe for anybody who hasn't seen the, the cover of this book. So I, what I like to do here is go over the synopsis that, you know, Image has put out online for the book. And I'm, I'm going to read over that really quick. And, and then you can tell me if, you know, your thoughts on this, if you if you agree with uh, the synopsis that they put out. Sometimes these things are like so different. I don't know if you, you encounter that, but every now and again, I'll read a synopsis and I'm like, that's not the book that I just read. That's nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with it. Um, right. Of course, a lot of times, you know, they're trying to sell the series as a whole and not the single issue. So it makes sense. But but yeah, every now and again, it's very far off. So the synopsis from Image reads Eisner Award winning writer Kelly Thompson and superstar artist Mattia Dia-Lewis team up for their first creator-owned work together. Something is killing the children horror vibes mixed with the Goonies-style adventure as five friends set off to shoot a short film on a forbidden rock near their home the summer before they all go their separate ways. But that's not really what they're there for. One of them has lied, and that lie will forever change their lives. So a pretty big buildup there. And then to you know interject something like something is killing the children and the Goonies, uh, what do you think about those comparisons? I know you and I talked about some comparisons off air for a second. So so it's been a while since I've read Something is Killing the Children, but I have the first mm -hmm. deluxe uh, version of that. Um, okay. I, from the first issue, it does not give me Something is Killing the Children vibes, really. Yep. It mm -hmm. does not make it seem more horror than what they're making it out to be. This is more like uh, fun to me. This is more like Paper Girls or something yep. like that. Definitely the Goonies vibe. I get that. With the whole being in a cave, going into like a beach scenario where it's like, ooh, what are we getting ourselves into? It's, I would say it's more like realistic fantasy elements rather than horror, which something is killing the children to me is a, a horror from what I'm concerned. It has some- Yeah, like a straight really up horror. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, to me, this isn't, unless it gets into more of like a violent horror aspect, to me, this is this doesn't really give me that kind of vibe. But they also- I haven't read the synopsis and that little bit at the end, spoilers, because I didn't know that someone was going to be, I wish they wouldn't have said that, honestly, because now I'm like, oh, well, who's lying about, what are they lying about, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes those synopsises get into, you know, they get into the weeds of like what's going to happen later or what's what's to come and stuff like that. And, and sometimes you just think to yourself, well, that's not what I read in this issue. But again, they're trying to sell the whole series as a whole. Uh, I... I can't say that I disagree with it, but I'm with you on, on that aspect of it. Like I'm not, I'm not seeing anything from something is killing the children. I don't know if maybe that comparison was made because it's, you know, a well-selling book by a, a really 
mm-hmm. you know, acclaimed writer or whatever right now, especially mm-hmm. like in the indie like horror world, you got James Cinney in there and, and uh, you know, a yeah. big book out. Uh, of course, a lot of times, you know, things are compared to movies and, and other things like that. But I'm with you on the Paper Girls. I absolutely adore Paper Girls. I think it's right. one of the coolest independent books to come out in recent memory. And and I'm getting those same vibes from this. I'm getting that, uh, although these characters, in my opinion, they seem like a little more like young adult, like maybe they're at that stage in life where it's not yet time to move out of your parents' house, but you're still not, you know, like a kid in high school or whatever. Um, that's kind of like the feel I got from the characters. So maybe like a little older than the Paper Girls. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, other than that, like I'm getting those vibes from them for sure. Right. Um, yeah. And and I really like it a lot. I, I really like what's going on here. And yeah, the Goonies, I mean, I, I think that's pretty spot on. I, I don't think anybody could disagree with the, the Goonies comparison to that. Um, right. So as far as my synopsis, look, I, I try my best to make my synopsis not, I don't know, five paragraphs long, but this one is a little long. So I'm going to go over it really quick. I'm probably going to stumble a little bit because I'm horrible at reading, as we all know. But uh, But yeah. The call number one opens with a scene of Blackwater Beach before, and uh, before uh, I'll do air quotes, not that you can see them. Um, And uh, we see some majestic rocks coming out of the water, and then we get this amazing two-page spread of someone filming this massive crab creature and a smaller creature or creatures underneath. And then we flash back to 12 hours ago where we meet Cleo drawing a bunch of sad faces on red and what I wrote was index cards, but I later learned that maybe it's like a piece of fabric or something. Um, and she's getting ready to leave her house at 3.34 a.m. She passes one of her sleeping parents and another one who's fallen asleep at a table with a huge stack of missing persons flyers. Next up, we meet Katie, sorry, Katie, who's dealing with her upset father about leaving to go film at 3.42 in the morning, which makes sense. Uh, we also learn that she and her dad are dealing with something which is maybe the death of a person or a missing person also. We then meet Will and Wade as they sneak out and they've all assembled outside. Everyone's waiting for Lux as she spends time covering up a black guy with makeup. The group argues a little bit about the time and low tide and how much they'd be able to capture. And then we get to a scene where uh, Lux is in the water and water splashes over her face to reveal her black eye. Uh, Katie told her, sorry, her black eye and, and Katie tells her that she only got hit because she got in the way. Sorry, that is Lux. I don't know why I wrote Katie there. I think she was explaining to Katie, my bad. Um, we also learned that Cleo and Katie are going through a rough patch in their relationship. And then the group spots a cave. They set up, they set to film in and they see a very, very bright light, even though the sun hasn't come out yet. We then get another awesome two page spread of some intense look for me. This was like Dr. Seuss, uh, Wizard of Oz type vibe. That's the best I could describe it. Um, yes. Type of world. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. And then the rest of the group wants to turn back and Cleo wants to go in. And then we learn that she thinks Jakey, who I'm assuming is her like little brother, is in there. She plants one of the sad face red index card flags and says she's going in to find him. And of course, we are followed by a to be continued. So that's my synopsis for the book. Again, kind of long-winded and I stumbled a little bit, but that's what I normally do. So that's to be expected. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, there's 
I wanted to say when I first read this book, because I read it a couple of times, I usually in preparation try to read, I don't know, at least two times. Um, when I first read the book, I was like, this is very, very focused on, on what's going on here. It's world building in a way, but it's not like intense. It's very linear in its focus and it's focused on this story. Uh, there's not like, they're not trying to bring a whole bunch of other stuff into it. I don't know. On the second read, I didn't really feel that way, but it's definitely not oversaturated or anything either. Um, how did you feel uh, about the story as a whole? Like, you know, maybe the story beats, like, how did you feel this went from point A to point B and then, you know, to the end there? Uh, did it feel clunky to you? Did it feel like it flowed pretty well? What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I thought it was a um, perfectly set up story. Um, I'll, I'll give you my rating of it right now. You want my rating yeah. of it? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I, honestly, 8.5 out of 10. It's just wow. one of those stories where, like, it didn't blow me away because there's nothing, um, there was no, like, huge reveal. We already know that it's going to be something crazy because from the yep. before, it gives us that huge kaiju type grab monster on the big splash page which is just beautiful let's just say that the the art is like on these splash pages are very eye-catching and mm -hmm. i love that there was just two and there was one at the beginning one at the end and you're just like yep. oh kelly thompson's letting matia like show off mm -hmm. some skills here and just like letting the art tell the story kind of a thing um it's just like a fairy tale landscape i can kind of see now when I'm looking at the splash page, the horror aspect a little bit, because yeah. <laughs> that little thing on the sec second page, is it the second mm -hmm. or third page? That looks yes. like a human turning into a monster now. So that, that actually kind of is scary to me. It's, yeah, um, I'm with you. I was looking at that too, and I was like, I, I noticed the legs, you know, kind of uh, uh, coming out of the bottom and everything. And I was like, is this human? Is someone wearing a costume? What is this? But Yeah, so now yeah. I'm starting to get like, oh, maybe later on down the road this is going to turn into like a little bit of a horror type situation because that looks mm -hmm. kind of scary to me um but yeah i loved the linear um way it she does a perfect job of just setting up characters which is what mm -hmm. you're supposed to do setting up the landscape which is what you're supposed to do um these characters that are pretty fleshed out just by their interactions with each other yep um which is always good um you get like i said she's letting the art tell the story so she'll have you know, the, the mom passed out on the table with the missing posters. Mm -hmm. She'll have the black eye with the girl looking into the mirror. Um, it also sets up kind of like a um, this girl who's looking into the mirror and she has a black eye. She actually seems to be more into her appearance, which is kind mm -hmm. of like, it's kind of like ironic that she has a black eye and she's putting on makeup because she has one of those circular light mirrors that yeah, is like uh -huh. for makeup. So it seems like she's really into her looks a little bit. Um yeah, it's just a, a perfect, maybe not like perfect, perfect, but what you want out of a first issue, you're going to get out of a first issue with all the character setups and landscapes, um, interactions with each other. You can tell that they know each other. There, there's no weird um, dialogue going on. It all seems very natural. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, and the characters are very fleshed out in how they um, talk. So, like. The, uh, the girl who's into her appearance, the one who is uh, putting makeup over her black eye, mm -hmm. she's Lots always complaining. She's like, she's like, oh, I should have brought different shoes. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you expect? I'm, I'm late. Like, it's 3.42 in the morning or whatever. Like, it's mm -hmm. just like, mm -hmm. so these characters seem very fleshed out. Um, but yeah, I I would say my rating again, 8.5 out of 10. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm glad 
you gave me this issue because I didn't, usually don't read. <laughs> like I was telling you before the podcast, I usually don't read um, things that are out of my wheelhouse. But if I see something that catches my eye, which this cover does, I'll definitely uh, look into it. So I'm glad you brought this one up to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I do the same thing on the on the regular show. You know, uh, Bob, my co-host, is very... Uh, you know, just a strict like Marvel guy, you know, he's reading uh, and, and really big into Star Wars. So, you know, always reading all the Star Wars stuff and then tie-ins and all of that. Um, and when we started the podcast, you know, that was a, a big point of contention, you know, that I was like, well, let's not be so focused on, you know, one publisher or whatever. Let's just do whatever. And and now, you know, some of his favorite books are some of these indie horror books and stuff that come out because, of course, we are only trying to do number one. So, um you know, you don't always get like a, a number one for Marvel or DC that you can go over that doesn't have a lot of continuity behind it. You can just, you know, talk about the merit of the the single first issue. So yeah, it is, it is cool to get into some of this and be able to read it. Um, I like that, you know, whenever you said uh, you were talking about the characters and how they're being fleshed out and everything, uh, I think like a, a, a big point for me is for one, Kelly Thompson is really, really good at referring to these characters by name through the dialogue of the book. And sometimes there's such a fine line there because sometimes, you know, you're like, okay, well, this is storytelling. You're going out of your way to make sure I know the name of this character. That's not how people talk, whatever. Um, this was subtle enough, but it's stuck enough too, you know, where uh, I felt like I knew who the characters were. Yeah. Sometimes I had to flip through pages a little bit to be like, wait, which one are they talking about or whatever? But but it worked out and I feel like I pretty much know who everybody is. Um, so I think that Kelly's able to like walk that line very well of, of making it kind of natural in conversation. Uh, I think that that was like something cool that I wanted to bring up. And then the relationship between Katie and Cleo, again, like it's, it's there, it's subtle. They're going through something. I'm not exactly sure what, maybe a breakup, maybe a rough spot. Uh, I don't know but it seems like they were in like a romantic relationship, of course. And then like, that's kind of on the rocks right now, but it, they're still in this friend group together and they still have to accomplish this goal together. So I, I think that that's like a cool plot to throw in there. I think that that's going to be circled back around to at some point here. Of course, my, my initial thoughts are, you know, maybe Cleo goes in and nobody else wants to follow her. And then Katie has to, or something. I'm not too sure, but, uh, I, I really like the the seeds that are being planted here and, and, and everything that's going on. Again, like I was saying that I felt like this was pretty linear. It was pretty focused and there wasn't a lot of outside inter interference going on or whatever. But now I'm as I think about it a little more, it's like opened up a, a little bit more to me. So I, I really like that. I, I completely agree. The, uh, the fine line that you were talking about with the dialogue, making it seem mm -hmm. um, subtle enough when they're using names to each yeah. other is um, I would rather have them say the name over and over than have a situation where it's like Nice House on the Lake, if you've ever read that. Yeah, oh yeah. Completely oh, yeah. forgetting everyone's name every time you mm -hmm. read an issue. Because you're like, there are so many characters going on and you're like, can you just say each person's name every time? Because mm -hmm. it's like, I'd rather not be confused. I would rather yeah. read this once and remember all the people's names than... Read it once, be like, I forgot those characters' names completely. Like, because yep. they only used it once in the first couple pages. And now I'm just, you know, I'd rather have that than a situation where you're forgetting everyone's name. But the, I think there was a fine line, and I don't think it was crossed. I thought it was pretty natural, especially when um, the, the romantic relationship type it. So it is a romantic relationship, right? Because she says yeah. something like, 
oh, aren't you going to make a romantic gesture to yep. uh-huh. um, Cleo or something like that? So they were definitely in a relationship or they are in a relationship. And you can tell that that's being broken up either through the hardships that they're going through or it, which is probably it's if we're going to like think about like as an author standpoint, something happened between them. It could have potentially been just between them or it could be because of a loss of a loved one or something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, Katie doesn't seem to be doing enough in the relationship to kind of like back her up as her partner, I guess you'd yep. say. I definitely think that that's, uh, that's where Kelly Thompson's going with this, mm-hmm. um, these characters. And I, I love it. I love the, like the, those are the things that you want. You want like, oh, I'm going to pick up this next issue because I want to know what's going to happen between them. Or else we're just reading about people going on a journey to another and we don't care about them. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to care about the characters. You want to be empathetic to the characters. So I thought that that was a something subtle that you put in there for a couple of pages. That is like, oh, okay, I want to see where this goes and why it happened. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It, it uh, again kind of plants more seeds than just the the overarching story. That's you know this big thing. Uh, uh, of course, I want to tune in to find out you know what's what's going to happen in the second issue with this world and everything that they're they're going into, but. Like you said, like I, I've got to be invested in the characters a little bit. I have to be invested in their relationships and, and what's going on with them. And something that you just kind of pointed out, you know, subtly, uh, they're both going through something. Cleo is going through, you know, what I assume is her brother missing, who she thinks is here. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like Katie's going through something too because there's talk of Adrian and you know her dad saying. Uh, why don't you sleep in Adrian's bed or whatever, you know, what are you going to deal with this? And he's like, I'm not, I don't want to because then it's real or whatever. So it seems like they're both going through something similar. Now, whether that ties in together, I, I don't know. It could be something completely different, but maybe that's why their relationship is is where it is at this point. So yeah, I, I definitely want to find more out about that. Let's go over to the art. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, talk about Kelly too, too long without getting into Mattia because there's so much to unpack here, but let me just right off the bat, I'm going to say this is phenomenal art. If you're into, I, I don't even know what you would call this because it's not strictly photorealism, although it really, you know, hits that on the characters, but there's just something so epic and surprising about this art. The second that you open up the book, it's just mind blowing. Um, and, and, and I don't know. I mean, I, I can't think of adjectives to say. Like, what, what did you think about Mattia when you first opened this up? Um, I So I am not usually a huge fan of photorealistic art. I think that's what I would call it, too. Yeah. Which photorealistic, where you take, like, um, a real picture of someone and then you, like, kind of draw over it or mm-hmm. you do your own. You put your own little um, technique in there. Yep. Um, but that first page really got me into the art which was it was a landscape it was Mm -hmm. the beach it was uh, you have foreground background you have the sun over this like overarching mountain and then you go into the second page and it's that huge splash page so i'm already interested i'm like oh yeah i love that (laughs) like give me huge landscape give me big monster and i'm like i'm in it now like i love it uh that i there are some certain aspects of the art that i i am kind of iffy about Mm -hmm. um but those two things those big splash pages of landscape stuff like that i really love um when it gets really like there's a scene or like a a little picture of 
people looking into mirrors and stuff like that. That's like a huge, that seems to be a big thing in here where people are looking at themselves in the mirror. The expressions on their face are amazing. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. But there will be like, like when um, Cleo's looking into her mirror and then you see the pictures on the side, it looks literally just like he took a picture and then made it smaller and he didn't draw over it at all. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I'm kind of iffy on that because it mm-hmm. looks literally just like, honestly it looked to me like a picture of the jersey shore or something like that on yeah these like it looked like they were at a club and i was like um, <laughs> it doesn't look like like anyone in particular in the story or anything and there's like mm-hmm. guys in there that i don't know and so it just looked like he took random pictures and just like shrunk them down maybe that's just because mm-hmm. he didn't have time to do it but when he gets into the the actual characters i'm i'm loving it i love the um i love the detail and the expressions on their face the main character, if you don't know who this actress is, let me know. But do you know who Paget Brewster is? No, I can't say that I do off the top of my head. No. She's like in I used to watch Criminal Minds. This main character looks like he was like, oh, I'm gonna use her as a reference. I always <laughs> okay. play the who's the artist using as a reference type of mm-hmm. game. <laughs> so yeah. like uh I was looking at her, I was like, that is like a Paget Brewster for sure. Okay. After the podcast, go look her up. It, you'll be like, oh yeah, definitely he used her <laughs> as a reference, something like that. But yeah, that I do love the um, those types of aspects. The little details, I'm not too sure about. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, with the photorealism, because it literally just looks like he shrunk an actual picture. But everything else, the landscapes, the settings, I I really like it. And I usually don't um, get too into like the photorealistic stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff crosses, or I don't know. Again, like it's it. With that too, there's like a thin line for me, a very, very thin line where it can cross over to to where I just don't want to be with certain things. For this, this definitely tracks for me. This hits for me in, in almost every aspect of it. You know, I could break it down to and say, you know, some of the backgrounds feel definitely not lazy, but I, I feel like there was so much focus on the foreground that the background suffered a little bit in certain panels and stuff like that. But, you know, bringing up the panels, I I do want to talk about that for just a second. That's not even usually something we really talk about on the podcast. But I have to say, I really love the layout in this book and the paneling and everything. Um, It's it's just it feels like unique to this book. Uh, It's really, really cool. Most most of the pages have have four. And then like like you talked about, we have those two big splashes that really just kind of stand out. Um, but yeah, some, some really cool, uh, paneling going on here. I I really like the way that it looks and they're just for the most part, four of those long panels on each page, four or three that, that are really cool. So I I can really appreciate that. Um, and then one of the things that I really, really want to talk about here is the coloring. I think that that's going to be like important to talk about. Mattia is doing the art and the colors here. So not something that we're seeing like a lot in comics. Usually the illustrator and the colorist are two separate people. Uh, the colors in this are very, very deep, very, there's a palette, definitely, you know, this is nice time, sorry, nighttime palette uh, that I really, really like. A lot of it's in the shadows and stuff like that, but uh, the the character design along with the, the kind of dark palette here is just very, very interesting to me. Really cool. Um, I completely agree. Yeah, I'm going through the, I'm, I'm skimming through it and I'm like, wow, like these are like, really deep blues like mm-hmm. towards the the nighttime beach scenes and then like when they're getting into the cave it turns into like a light purple so it's getting mm-hmm. into like the fantasy element like the the coloring i didn't i actually didn't know that Mattia mm-hmm. did the coloring as well which is yeah quite impressive i would 
if you and uh, if you go onto the Substack that Kelly Thompson has, 1979semifinalist.substack.com, she mm-hmm. has videos of Mattia doing the art. So she'll have oh, time wow. lapses. If you haven't seen that, I would suggest because that really made me appreciate it as well. He'll take like mm-hmm. a a picture and then he'll color over it and he'll do all the art too. So the fact that he's doing all this is um, quite impressive. Yeah, that's really cool. I'm definitely going to be checking that out. You know, after, uh, tell me the actress's name again that I need to look up. Uh, oh, <laughs> Paget Brewster, P-A-G-E-T. Just, Paget I don't Brewster. know if that is, <laughs> he's Italian, so I don't know if he's watching Criminal Minds. But <laughs> you never know. So, I mean, hey. Uh, that uh, would be funny if he's like, oh yeah, definitely. I definitely use it for his reference because yeah. I usually try and play that game because everyone uses a reference, I feel like. Right? Yeah, of course. Reference yeah, sure. Do art, so. If he's using a reference, it's probably her. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. After we get done recording here, I'll, I'll, I'll be looking up Paget and, and checking that out um, and having that aha moment. But yeah, then after that, I'm definitely going on the sub stack there and I'm going to subscribe to that because that's, I think you, you said you only had the, what's like a $5 pledge or something? It's, it's $5 a month and you get the oh, comic, yeah. you get all the behind the scenes, you get wow. Kelly Thompson's, um, like you can comment and she'll, she responds back to people. It's oh, wow, uh, so amazing. Cool. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like these people that you are like, wow, they're putting out such great work. And then you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can like subscribe to her, pay her directly yeah, and get like on and get the comic book at the same time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so, that's, and that's, that's what so I did cool. to get this comic book because I'm kind of far from my, um, my local comic shop. So that's what I did. Very cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be checking that out for sure. I'm going to put that in the show notes too for everyone listening. Uh, 1979 semi-finalist I think is what it's called but yeah I'll, I'll get it and put it in the show notes there'll be a link there for everyone to check that out um okay well look I I don't want to take up too much more of your time I know we said we we're going to try to keep this really focused and keep it at like a 30 minute episode and that's pretty much what we're hitting here so uh I'm going to go ahead and say this this is normally what we do on the podcast and I know you gave a number rating which I, I'm going to be happy to do too um normally the the main question that we try to get into towards the end of this review and everything is do you suggest that our listeners move on to issue number two or not? Um, that's kind of where we land. Uh, are we suggesting this to friends? Are we saying, go go add this to your pool list, go check out issue number two. Um, but I like the number rating, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down one as well. But yeah, I, I've gotta ask you, are you continuing on issue number two? Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna continue uh, going on. I'm And I'm subscribed to the subject. I don't plan on not subscribing $5 a month to me. <laughs> Literally, if it's the the price of a coffee, I'm going to support people that I enjoy what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely worth it. Well, yeah, that's that's a a yes from Nick. And that's absolutely a yes from me as well. This is um, I will 100 percent be hitting up my local comic book shop and adding this to my pool list uh, this week. And uh, like Nick, I will be going on that sub stack and subscribing as well, especially now that I know you can uh, drop some comments for Kelly directly. That's that's super cool. So I'll definitely be on there. Um, but yeah, I, you threw down a number rating. So now I just feel obligated. I have to, so <laughs> I'm, you're at an 8.5. I'm going to go nine. Oh, I really, really like the art here. It really blew me away. I really like the story. I think the only critique that I can give it at all is I, I really, really love the cliffhanger. I think that it's a great cliffhanger. I just think that maybe we could either have dialed in a little bit more or a little bit less on that cliffhanger. Like either leave me wanting a little bit more and don't give me as much as you gave me or, 
or go in a little bit further. That's the only critique I could give it on, on my end. But overall, a really, really cool book. I really enjoyed it. And I'm really excited to check out this university. So, yep. Yeah, I agree. definitely. Well, look, that wraps up our bonus episode. Uh, Nick, again, I want to thank you for, for coming on and doing this with me. And hey, if we can make it a thing, I'd love to, but we'll talk about all that off air. But thank you so much. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. You know what you got to do. Use the hashtag all new, all different nation. Let us know what you thought about the cold number one. And hey, we'll, we'll be back for the regular episode on Wednesday. <laughs>